Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com. I'm Damien Donahue. On this week's show, we're going to be looking um, or throwing our, our eye over some of the players that we hear are going to be involved in the Cavan panel or that are in at, I suppose, this trial process at this stage. We're also going to be just maybe discussing a few of the lads that, that may not get the call or, or maybe not naming names, but what's important to happen there, we feel anyway. Uh, we're going to be looking back over Mullerhorn's first ever victory in Ulster uh, where they beat Breda after extra time in a pulsating game over in Coot Hill. We're going to be talking briefly about the under-20s manager who we broke the news on our Patreon podcast earlier on in the week that Kevin Downs has stepped down and looking at the under-20s club football which kicked off last weekend and we'll be looking over Lavi Lady's defeat in the Ulster Junior Final. So Paul Fitzpatrick from the anglo Celt, it's going to be a nice, easy show. Yes, Damien Dunner from We Are Kevin. <laughs> not, a, not a whole lot to talk about, huh? Um, there's always something to talk about. People are saying, Jesus, coming into this time of the year, you'll struggle for content. You couldn't struggle for content at Cavan Football. Yeah, people wouldn't believe this, but after we do the podcast and go our separate ways, yeah, I ring you or you ring me, and we talk football for another half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, but it's true. Listen, complete GA geeks, that's it. Um, we'll, we'll start off, I suppose, with, with the Cavan panel. Mickey Graham has started his work anyway, and, and Mickey Graham and co. They've started their work. They played a challenge match against Mead last week. Sorry, the week before last um, now, but it's you know very much trial period at this point. The, the word is he's contacted up on 80 players in total and has, has you know left no stone unturned um, in, in, in his preparations. But some of the names we're hearing that are involved, there's a few on the 20s we're hearing, Key and Madden, Oshin Pearson, um, James Smith, Gary O'Rourke, all being, being called in. We're hearing that Michael Argue is back and with a bang. Jerry Smith is back from Lavi. Um, have you heard more names? Yeah, now take all these with a pinch of salt because um, I haven't been talking to any of these fellas themselves. Same but, as. Yeah, so just names that have been going around on the grapevine. Jack Brady from Rammer. Which I'm glad to see Jack back in. It should, should be there, in my opinion. Um, who else have I heard? Uh, Nevin O'Donnell supposedly is, is in the mix. Uh, yeah. So that's, I think Niall McKernan. Uh, and Raymond and Thomas Gallagher, I've heard from the Lacking people, are, is in there. Um, rumour has it, I won't name a name, but rumour has it, one of the Rammer lads, uh, or two of the Rammer lads I heard, couldn't do it. One One's going away, and the other is um, just opted out of it. <coughs> Excuse me. So you're going to get some players that can't commit to it, obviously. But it's great to hear that he's casting the net so widely, and like you'd hope that you, we will end up with it. You know, at least ninety, ninety-five percent of of the very best players in the county. Well, the, the funny thing was, and and I had a conversation with, with, with Mickey Graham on this, and what he was saying 
at the start was, look, at I'm, 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 I have a piece of paper at home and have names going on to it. And, you know, I'm only putting names onto the list that I think are capable of playing county football. And now he's at the point that he's got 80 names. That's a positive because, as he was saying, you go to other counties, would you get 80 names that are capable of playing county football? I don't think you would. So if he's up at that sort of number, it's it's great to see there's enough talent. And I suppose the club championships would have reflected that this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, like I, there is a lot of talent out there, no doubt. Like I think it's the, the current crop of footballers we have at club level in the county are the most talented in a good while because you have the the under twenty one four in a row teams. Um, most of them are still playing club football, and now they're, they're all in their prime now. Yeah. Um, plus, you have a good crop coming on. Like I was saying in the last podcast, I think the current crop of 19, 20, 21, 21 year olds are very strong. So there, there's a lot of there is a lot of talent out there. Yeah, and I mean, I I actually think that that Mickey will bring in a lot of under 20, 20 21 year olds. I think he's gonna he's gonna inject a lot of youth into that. So. I think yeah. I, I think there's a real good feel good factor. We were talking about it on the Patreon podcast. I think there's a real feel good factor around. I think there's a buzz around at the minute coming off the back of a good club championship, new manager, Cavaman, um and a cute cute like a shrewd operator, which we didn't have, I don't think, with the last time out. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, in my opinion. I do yeah. We I had a really you. nice Genuine nice man. guy, a nice guy. But I don't, I don't just think that he was cut out for it. In Cavan, maybe he'll go to another county to be a success. But just maybe so. in Cavan, the the yep. war, war come out of the dressing room wasn't great. Yep, um, <laughs> you cut me off. I suppose <laughs> I am. I'm trying to save you. So I am. <laughs> um, look at it, yeah, brilliant that there's so many, so many players available, or there's so many players. And from what I'm hearing, very few of the people that he contacted. Um, were unavailable, so you you think out of eighty people that you know there could be fifteen or twenty. I think it was down to maybe you could count on one hand or something around that that are unavailable, and and some of them for very genuine reasons. So yeah, great to see that the people are keen to put on that blue jersey, of Kevin. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, I mean that that's it. Like it ha- it has to be like that if you're to win anything. That's the way it is in Monaghan, and like if we could get the Monaghan's level for a start. Well, I think if we got to Monaghan's Evan full stop, we'd be competing strongly in all our semi-finals and things like that. I think we'd take it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Moving on then, uh, as, as one of those conversations that we do have away from the podcast, we started talking about maybe less that aren't getting the call and that, you know, there's rumours going around and, and we're not going to name any names of lads who have been on the panel for a few years but maybe haven't got that call again. But... We were discussing this, and Mickey Brennan came in on the fold on this one. Um, He's not in the mix, is he? No, definitely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear from him a little bit later on, but he uh, he was he was saying that for somebody who's who's soldiered for Cavan for a few years. Oh, Mickey Hannon. No, Mickey Brennan. Oh, sorry, Mickey Brennan. Yeah, yeah, he did it well. Yeah, both of them did. But anyway, I'm I'm saying a player who soldiered for Cavan for a few years, they deserve a phone call to say. We're not bringing you back in. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's something that, and it's it's a difficult one because is it the new manager's job to do that, or is it somebody from the county board's job to do that? Like it's, it, they definitely deserve a recognition and a thanks and 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 something. But it who who would you think that falls to? It falls to the county board because yeah. the county board is the, the continuous link there. Like is Mickey Graham to ring a fella who he's maybe possibly never spoken to and say thanks for your service? What an awkward phone call that would be! It yeah. has to come from the county board. Like, I know there was players. We'll take Paul Brady for example. I know Paul told me one time that he he came into the cabin panel in, in two thousand and two and he was there 
for 10 seasons until 2011 I think was his last year and um, he was just let go and he, he I think he I think he might have sent a text to Val Andrews or something like that and uh, Val got back to him and said I'd be in touch Paul's in the airport going to America to play handball maybe late in, in the year November or something like that Val came back to him and kind of said I'd be in touch and fizzled out and he didn't hear a thing and that was it and like a lot of fellas it's then got a phone call. Like I suppose, supposedly the time that the massive call was on, and and Mickey Ling and Johnny Johnston and a lot of fellas that were dropped, they they got phone calls at the time. But but that was different. That was mid season, you know. As in, we're dropping you, wasn't it? It was. It was. It, well, it was in the close season, but it was coming into his second Val second year. Yeah. Yes. Whereas yes. it wasn't it like was the same manager, and yeah. he was talking to players who were on his panel. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was different. But it was fellas. So we're talking about a situation now with a new manager, and that would have been the same when when Paul the Gunner got dropped off it. Yeah. Um, just kind of faded away, like, and you're losing a lot of expertise and just experience. And Michael Brides was another, like, my own cousin that he just mm. was kind of like just drifted away from it. But uh, don't get me wrong, every manager should have the right to pick his own panel and if he doesn't feel that somebody is a fit for his panel 100%. But I think that we do hear, or I do hear on national media that, you know, such a person has retired or, you know, such a person has an amount of caps, you know, from each county. We don't we don't seem to cherish the boys who put in the effort for so long for Cavan. Like, like, there are, even if a player steps away, you know, for him to know how many caps he played would be a nice touch. Yeah. And, and and for first round of the National League, a little presentation from the county board to say, well, thanks very much, Paul Fitzpatrick, for your service at full forward for Cavan. You know, it, I, I always I always try um, where possible to write something about a player like that. Um, like I remember, I remember when McKeever was kind of let go, where he walked away from Cavan. He, he walked away. He yeah. walked away. Yeah. Um, I wrote a piece about him, like because I just didn't want to walked away, retired, retired. Sorry, yeah, retired. That's the right word. Yeah, he deserves a retirement. Yeah, yeah, he did retire <laughs> on his own terms. But I wrote, I remember, I wrote a piece about him at the time because I didn't want to let it pass. Yeah, because he was a player like the exact same age as me. I think he's a month older than me, or I'm a month older than him. And uh, like coming up, I was just in awe of him as an underage player. And uh, like I remember being stone drunk watching their Armagh game in 2004. And this, I was nineteen, or I was twenty, and he was twenty, and he was on the field scoring three points from play. In and a you were falling off steps <laughs> and back of the goals. <laughs> but I mean, that was it. That was my contemporaries as a not as a footballer certainly, but as a, mm. my age group. And I grew up along with him in terms of you know all those milestones, your twenty fourth and all that. Not that we were friends, but we were all the same age. Like, and to see him retire, and maybe it was just because I I was the same age, and I was like, Jesus, a full football career has passed here. And I remember writing a piece about Mark because I didn't want it to go unmarked, excuse the pun. And there was a few others, like, there was one, the one piece I wanted to write and I didn't write uh, was about Mossy Core. Because he was another fella, like, what a servant for Gavin yeah. Mossy was. Yeah. Came in uh, under Tommy Carr back in 2008, I think it was 2009, threw him in full back, which wasn't his position, on a struggling team. And he got an awful lot of flack around that time. And uh, and he wasn't playing great, but I mean he was new to the team. He was in a in a position with no before the mass defences, and he was getting bombarded in there. And but he was wholehearted, Kept and he reinvented going. himself as a midfielder. And it was his right position, and he was brilliant. Like he was brilliant. He was the player that Cavan missed last year. Like yeah, the Galway game uh, over in Salt Hills comes to mind. Like yeah. he hadn't played that year. Was that two thousand fourteen or fifteen? And he he hadn't been playing and and. 
you know, there, there was there was talk, Jesus, you know, Mossy, maybe he's come to the end, maybe he's gone. He was written Jesus. off before he, and he actually played his best football after he was written off. After he did, he was outstanding. Like, and that's 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 the point. Like, now has Mossy Core retired or not? And maybe maybe we should take some responsibility on this. To, to do we do we dig in and find out on these things a wee bit more? And, and I just think. I think it's something we should start a culture yeah. of in Cavan yeah. that that if a player is of of retirement of age or whatever way they are that we start to make a big deal about them because it's not don't get me wrong it's an enjoyable it's an absolutely wonderful thing I'm sure to put on that Cavan jersey and to get out and train but they sacrifice a lot and we get a lot of enjoyment ah, we, yeah. we get so much enjoyment going to watch these boys play football I remember Mossy playing a brilliant game uh, against Wicklow in a in a league match down in Ockram a few years ago, it was a freezing cold day, and uh, Terry was the manager. And he said after the game, we asked him, I think it was myself and yourself, asked him about Mossy, and he said he's one of the bravest players that he's ever encountered. Yeah. And you know, we sometimes talk about Ockram, myself and a couple of friends of mine. We're talking about games, going to championship games, and we'd say, "Ah, he wasn't there in Ockram." It's like a, we're thinking <laughs> yeah. about setting up a survivors it's a group. It's like one of these spokesmen for an Ockram survivors group said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I if think you, if you could survive and thrive in Ockram, you're you're of a certain ilk. Well, now you said it, but back in 2011 or so, just lasting on this point, Cavan uh, played Donegal in the championship, and I think after the game, I think it was Colin McFadden. It might have been Rory Cavanagh, but I think it was Colin McFadden. Got a presentation after the game. No, sorry, McFadden got his the day after the, the day they lost our man across the then. That's right. I, th- I think it could have been Rory Cavanagh or someone like that, or maybe one of the McGees who got a presentation for playing his hundredth game. That's right. That and Cavanagh had an extremely inexperienced team out with seven or eight debutants that day. And I remember thinking they genuinely haven't had a hundred games between them, and even if they had, nobody knows how many games. They That's played. the point. That's the big point on it. That that nobody knows how many games Mark McKeever played for Cavan or how many games Mossy Core or or Mickey Brennan or whoever the case may be played for Cavan. Well, Mickey Brennan knows he's he's always taking notes. But <laughs> how many he, good games? <laughs> I, I will, short notes. But he uh, all of them, Mickey would say. He, uh, but like they, you know, that's something I, I I definitely think I'd like to see, and I think that'd be a county board to implement that 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 the number of caps each player has, you know, just to yeah. So sort of the end of it, if they reach a hundred caps, which would be amazing for any player to do that there is a, a recognition of that and then when they finish playing football well he played for Cavan 100 times it shouldn't times, be that hard done like, McKenna Cup games maybe the records might be sketchy but league and championship should be easily done especially now where it's all computerised so let's say Mark Rourke he probably has a record on his email of of the teams because he's sending out the teams to the media every week things like that like, like Declan Woods would have it before yeah. that. You could I remember when, De- certain when Darren McKay played his last game for Cavan I remember writing a piece about him um, in which I used the great line, which I've recycled several times since, Bruce Springsteen. Um, are we going to waste another summer praying in vain for a saviour to rise from these streets? But uh, I, some, there was some fella in Dublin at the time, he's a retired gentleman, and he basically had, his hobby was compiling stats. And a couple of weeks before Dermot retired, or he faded, sort of faded away to a bit of a dispute with Tommy Carr, I think, and he That's just right. it just faded away. like, And... Uh, a couple of weeks before that, this fella had got on to me and said, look, I've been keeping stats here for 30 years and here's all the Cavan ones. And he had, a, he had a database of basically every Cavan player and how many league and championship games they played and how much they had scored, going back about 30 years. And it was oh, alphabetical. And you still have this information? I still have it. Now, the worst, I did spot some errors in it, but... There was, there was a, mostly I would say it was accurate, but he had the stat for McCabe and McCabe had... 
uh, off the top of my head, he scored something like, uh, I don't know what it was, 20, or something in his whole career at Cavan, like from 94 to 2010 or whatever it was. And it was great to have that stat to be able to put into that piece. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it really adds authority to, to, uh, Anything when you have a piece a stat like that, yeah, yeah, will we'll not go into. It. There was there was an issue I think at that time was there that the the word had come out that Darren McCabe had retired, but he didn't say he retired. There was something I think there was confusion over that at the time. Which yeah, was, it, again, it's just a shame that you know Darren McCabe was was is our last All Star, and that I, I don't ever remember him receiving a. A presentation for his service for Cavan or anything like no. that. I, I, I remember getting a, f- a couple of phone calls into the office at the time uh, from different people saying, "Look, if Dermot, if Dermot has played his last game for Cavan, you know, uh, I want to. If you're putting in a tribute piece, I want to have have a, a line in it. I want to have a comment in it. Just football people. Yeah, and it's ne- never happened before since. It shows the as a footballer yeah. the esteem he was held in. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, look at the, the point being though. If a Cavan player for this year is, or who was on the panel last year, year before, year before, isn't getting a call back, somebody needs to step up there and 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 make sure that they don't that they don't just fizzle away, as you say. Which well, at at one point, the panel was actually disbanded. If you remember that a couple of years ago, maybe it was who was there before Michael Kennedy? Terry? Well, yeah, Terry. So before Terry came in, I think they actually disbanded the panel. I remember having this discussion with with. With Tom and Tom Riley and Declan Woods, and they wrote to every player and said, "We're disbanding the panel. Thanks very much for your service. Uh, we're setting up a new panel, and you'll be contacted in due course." Something like that, which was a good move, I thought. Yeah, drew a line under it. It gave closure to fellas. Yeah, if something's taken up, you know that led us to ASRI report saying it's taken up forty hours a week or thirty-five hours a week or something. If something's taken up that much time, you need to have a little bit of closure after it if, if you're not going to be doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. We'll move on um, to Saturday afternoon gone by in Coothill. Mullerhorn taking on the down champions, Breda. And uh turned out to be uh, a game full of full of excitement, full of incident, full of guts and determination. Um, you weren't at it, but you were, you were listening in and out on the radio. I was. I was, I was travelling from Killarney to Ballina and Mayo. And, uh, as you do. As you do. And I was... It was great to be able to tune into it. Now, I couldn't pick up Northern Sound on the radio, but I was had it on the phone. I was hooked up to the Bluetooth, and my coverage was going in and out. I was listening to the two Mickeys and um, calling the shots. But the two ends of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it sounded it sounded like Mullerhorn got off to a to a great start, and then and then played poorly for about half an hour. But going by the commentary, and then played brilliantly then towards the end but every t- I kept losing coverage and every time I lost coverage I seemed to miss a goal I thought you said won the game and uh, I turned around to, to the missus and I said I'd ah, win it from here I think it was a Colin Riley kicked a great point going by the commentary to put, put Mullerhorn 3 up a long range point Don't, I, geez, I can't remember who got the last one to put I think it was up. Colin um, from a really long range effort according to the commentary Killian, no that was extra time Killian got his Terry can't remember these things going back because I'm running over and back. Mickey Hannon really. said that should be it now, and just that it cut out, and I didn't want to pull in and refresh the thing and all that. So I says, I said, oh, that's it. So a while later, I said, I just check back in on it, and it cut back to Kevin in Northern Sound Studio, and he was like, okay, so back to back to Goodell for for extra time. I was like, Jesus, what's after happening? <laughs> yeah, for for anyone who missed it, what happened was so Mullerhorn, as you said, got off to a one-one to no score start. 
uh, five points in a row from Breda over the next 25 minutes um, put them in front I think then Philip the Gunner sent over a point to, to equalise it then he picked up a yellow card or after picking up a yellow card he scored the point then he picked up a black card which put Mullerhorn down to 14 players for the second half 1-2 to 5 points at half time second half Mullerhorn with 14 players didn't bring out Sean Breyer who plays a cornerback <laughs> just just uh, <laughs> to reference Jamie Leahy and, and Donald Kogan's exploits Um but but Mullerhorn second half display was 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 very very good. So basically kept Breed at the three points over the thirty minutes, and Mullerhorn pushed on and, and and tagged on five points on it or six points, um, and with time up, uh, two minutes into injury time or so, uh, Mullerhorn leading by three points. Breed to get a free in the middle of the field. They play it out to a lad out on the sideline, and he then lobs it in towards the square. Now, one of the Mullerhorn players, there was probably seven or eight Mullerhorn players in the square ready for that high ball. One of the Mullerhorn players called it as he was jumping, slipped, ball ends up in the back of the net. And such as such as uh, the November conditions that you'll get around football pitches. So, went extra time then, and um, seven minutes into extra time. Breda hit the back of the net. They were already up by a point, um, and Mullerhorn down by four with with two minutes of of the first half of extra time to go. Mullerhorn win the kick out straight away, drive up the field. Paul the Gunner gets on the end of the ball, goes by a challenge. He's fouled, keeps on going, gets himself into the square. All I can suppose is describe it as very like Sean Brady that he. In the county final, he he kept on going. He knew what he wanted. Got into the square, was taken down, got the penalty, and and Enda Riley scored. Oh, sorry, hit the penalty, rebound came back, and he stuck it in the net. Then and with a point in it, then Mullerhorn just started to push on and ended up winning it by five. But it was um it was it was full of drama. It was absolutely brilliant. Some of the scores were were brilliant. Paddy Brady came off the bench, scored a goal. Finn and Riley scored a point. Um, off the bench as well. Shane Shields vital interception off the bench. Paul the Gunner off the bench getting the penalty. Like the the bench was so important for Mullerhorn. Brilliant. It sounded like an unbelievable finish. And again, feather in your cap, Damien. There was no the fitness was obviously there. Like the lads kept going to the end in tough conditions. What did you make of Breda? Were they, were they a strong outfit? The wear, the wear, and 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 I, as I do, had my homework done on them, and, and and the whole management, we all had the homework done on them, and and their key player in the county final, he scored one ten, was Donnelly Hughes, and he didn't score from play on Tyg McGahern. Tyg McGahern was phenomenal at full back for us, marking their key player, um, done done an absolutely brilliant job. Then they had a, a wing forward, Connor Francis, a young fella who's a very good footballer too, and. There was a bit of mix up with us early on in the game, but once we got our matchup right onto him, he was nullified as well by Colin Riley. So there was there was a lot of lot of really good players that they, that we had to watch for them. That we did we nullified the threat. Now the goal, like realistically, we knew going into the game they had scored sixteen or eighteen goals in the championship in 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 uh, down. So something similar to killing care, average more than three games a goal. Three goals a game, and um, so we knew if we could keep them from scoring goals, we'd 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 be in with a damn good shout. And that was a lot of our our our, our talk coming into the game, or, or Shawnee Smith's talk coming into the game. You know, stopped them from scoring goals, and we did it for sixty-two minutes. 
and then they, they got that sloppy goal. But credit to them, the way that they came back out and that in extra time and, and they they took the first half of extra time and took it to us and went on the attack. Now they were playing with a wind, but getting four points up was a big lead in extra time. Like you don't not not being smart or not not blowing Mullerhorn's trumpets, the players' trumpets here, but they you don't generally see a lead of four points conceded in extra time. You know, no, if somebody very, gets four very, points yeah. up, that's the winner. Unless they get it at the very start of extra time, but to get it, you know, yeah. deep in first half extra time, like it's very impressive to come back from it. And win it by five, was it? Yeah, win it by five in the end. Like it, it, it was. It, it was, it was a real test of characters. I said to to somebody after the game, in my mind, that game was worth a year's development. You know that that them lads realise now. Well, look at. It doesn't matter what situation we face, we'll come back from it. We we know that we'll work hard enough to come back from it. So it, it was absolutely brilliant to, to be involved in. And I have to say, and I, I said it on Twitter the other night, the Mullerhorn support was just phenomenal. It was, you could literally hear, I was, you know, the dugouts in the stand, stand side in, in Coot Hill and I was doing runner for for Mullerhorn, doing a lot of running now. I think a clock ten k or something <laughs> crazy like that. But um, how much of that was high intensity running? Very very little. <laughs> a lot of it was wheel spinning, as I call it, on on the Coot Hill side. But it was, you know, you you are nearly after every time that that either Breda got a score or Mullerhorn got a score, you were nearly pushed on by the shout of the Mullerhorn crowd to run onto the field and just. Talk to somebody, shout at somebody, go on, come on, lads. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. I have to say, the Mullerhorn support really was. I laughed at your tweet, the 15th man. Ah, the 15th man, yeah, that was a wee dig at Philip the Gunner. So, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. the, so you have the Derry Champions now? Derry Champions now, who beat the Donegal Champions, Glenn Finn, uh, yesterday. With a, with a Ballyan man of full forward. Ballyan man of full forward, yeah. Mark Lynch is, uh, Mark Lynch is playing midfield for, for the Derry Champions banner, so. Um, but one thing that we all know about Mark Lynch is he's a deadly free taker. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he's, he's been known to score 12, 13 points in games for freeze. He did it against Cavan as well, so. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm sure that'll be one thing he's definitely one for. to watch but after the game on Saturday Mickey Brennan caught up with the Mullerhorn manager Shawnee Smith and had a good old chat with him joined now by Shawnee Smith the Mullerhorn manager uh, Shawnee what can you say about that game every trait that the Mullerhorn players they had to go and find them today every single one of the good ones that they would have resolve determination guts you know it, it was all there in abundance Exactly, yeah, Mickey. It's it. Uh, it was a it was a great game of football. Um, Absolutely, you know, and uh, you know. I suppose the first thing you'd say that both teams went and played a bit of ball and went at it, and that's that's a good sign in, in us. But look, you get what you get. You know, we came into this competition. You know, we're not sure what it's going to be like because you know, and uh, we said we're going to go for it and 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 put everything into it. The conditions was always going to be like this when you come into November. And to be fair, you know, exactly everything you said there, the lads brought it through. Even into extra time, you know, you get, there's some fantastic scores there in the end, and that's just pure character of this team. They don't want to lose, yeah. and that's that all goes back to you know rebuilding what what we talked about after the county final, you know. And I suppose like not only that, but the strength and depth of your your squad was really tested today. And in fairness, every single one of the players that you brought on off the bench all had a massive part in that win today. Yeah, and uh, I remember I remember reading a little bit on Kieran Donaghy, and he always talked about you know, and, and I keep saying it to the lads: when you pick the fifteen players to start, you know, 
and even when I was playing I'm sure you were playing you were disappointed you know but, but it's nowadays that you talk about it's, it's not about the 15 that starts anymore and that's the way we look at it it's the lads that are going to make the impact it's the 20, 21 even what, 23 players maybe with the extra time um, that makes the impact so we, we've got to a place now where the lads you know when, the, when we talk about the team the starting 15 we're also looking at who's going to finish it and you know I thought every one of them done their job including the lads that didn't get in they were pushing hard all the last couple of weeks and, 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 and that didn't get in and you know their opportunity could come the next day because it could be a different type of game that we would play and you know it'll be somebody else that'll make the impact you know I suppose looking at the game as a whole when you look back you had a massive start a goal and a point in, in, within three minutes struggled then for large parts of that first half and only managed another point uh, but still went in at half time uh, level uh, a goal and two to five points I suppose uh, um, Breda had pushed on uh, late in that first half and, and got their five points but a big part of the, or I suppose a big talking point in in that first half was the sending off of uh, your full forward, Philip Brady. He had received a yellow card only moments before and then received a black card. What did you say to the players at half-time? Um, I suppose we, I kept going back to what we, we talked about in the last two weeks and go back to basics and go back to um, you know our game plan and I suppose what was disappointing in times, I know the conditions were tough and you know I watched Breed in the county final up in, in Newry and you know they're a phenomenal running team when you look at them and you know they get goals and we decided you know we needed to make sure we're still in it at half time and which we were mm-hmm. and we kept going back to that and we, were, we went into the dressing room and I said lads we've achieved one goal we're still in the game now we have to work harder again because we're down to 14 and, uh, and they did that and you know, I suppose the second half we um, we had a bit of a wind as well, so we tried to use that as, as best we could. And it's just disappointing to lay in that goal at the end, you know, and uh, it meant we had to go to extra time. But but I, I just said to them at half time, we just have to keep doing what we, we talked about doing in the last two weeks, and I prefer to them, they did. Yeah, and I suppose then you go into extra time, um, you play against the wind in that first half, and midway through, or maybe three quarters of the way through the first half of extra time, uh, Breda have got their goal, they've gone four points ahead. What were you thinking at that stage? Because it was coming close to half time and extra time at that stage. Um, all I was hoping that we'd win the kick out, uh, which we did, <laughs> and went straight back up the field and responded. That just got back to what you started Absolutely. this conversation about the character. And, yeah. you know, I think the right man got on, on the last ball there, Paul, to, to, to get the penalty for us. And that's the way you want them to respond, and they did. You know, we could have, they could have tabbed on another point or two and we could have been out of it. But instead, we won the kick out and we got it up the field and we got the score that we, we needed, which, which again meant that we were still in the game going into the second the second half of extra time with the wind and you know thankfully we, we, we started to kick on again and it was tough going out there for the last you know it was tough going but some of the great scores you've seen the score off Finn and Riley who came off came off the bench phenomenal score like and Gavin young Gavin like was a brilliant score and that's back to what you started this conversation about character and these lads there's, there's no stopping them and you mentioned Paul Brady there and I don't want to I suppose single out any of the players because all of your subs you mentioned Finn on O'Reilly and um, you know we could go through all the subs that come yeah. on because they all had a massive part but in fairness to Paul Brady he was he was always an outlet from kickouts um, and in defence and in attack he just showed up everywhere he did and and, and you know that's Paul. He, he expects that of himself. You know what I mean. And he was very disappointed not to be starting. Um, he just unfortunately picked up an injury last week weekend playing an in, in an in-house game. And you know, but I wonder. You know, you say you know that's when you needed Paul was in that extra time when he and he came up. But like that, you know, you have to give credit to the, all the other lads that came in, uh-huh. like Finnan and even Kevin Fitz came in and you know got stuck in the middle there just to stop their supply. And you know, I just remember one 
soft handy little interception by Shane Shields a finger yeah. fingertip to stop the ball from being passed to another player when they were on the run and all the little small things people don't see them but um, that they, they, were the, they were the things that we needed today it's just that little small inches of, of getting over the line and we got there anyway so another it's, day out It's the first ever win from Mullahorn in Ulster um, at any grade yeah they <laughs> never won in Ulster before so you know that's, that's, that's a big thing for the club itself we have two weeks now to uh, recuperate and, and get the team ready um, have you any injuries or niggles after that game because it, it was a tough encounter um, Tomorrow morning I'd say we'll have, we'll, we'll have lots of lads reporting in with injuries um, and, and that's only natural at a game like that but uh, thankfully we have no serious injuries off, out of today um, but the lads will you know we're back. We're in the pool tomorrow morning, and recovery starts tomorrow morning, and and away we go again. So look, we have two weeks to prepare for the next one. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. Yeah, so that was Mullerhorn manager Shawnee Smith talking to Mickey Brennan after their uh, Mullerhorn's victory 2-11-2-3-13, which is actually interesting enough because the Breda, Breda the down champion, scored 3-13 in their county final. So they were beaten by 3-13 on this one. And I think... If I'm not mistaken, they scored three thirteen in the semi final as well. So interesting numbers for them. Yeah. Um but anyway, look at that's it. Mullerhorn, the sole representatives of Cavan in the province now going into the semi final. That'll be in two weeks' time. Venue to be decided, but it's Sunday the eighteenth of November. Um great stuff. Gives yeah. us something to cover as well. Exactly, exactly. Like we'd ever be stuck for something to talk about. <laughs> we broke earlier on in the week, moving on to uh on the twenties. We broke the Kevin Downs um has stepped aside as the on the twenties manager and if you want to hear that full conversation, um subscribe to wearecavin.com on Patreon. How much is that? It's only five dollars a month. It's about less than two pints of beer. In fact, in some places, it's it's less, than a, one, one point to less than a pint. One point to Where do you buy your pints? <laughs> I don't buy them. <laughs> go, go show off and you buy it. Exactly. Exactly. How often I get out to buy it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kevin Downs has stepped aside and it it, it, it brought a bit of a, a spotlight on to, or it is bringing a bit of a spotlight on to the, the, the development maybe within Cavan or, or what, what the roadmap is there. But the other point that you made off air was that the under-20s competition started last weekend in Cavan. And we've had a a scenario now where I let I let you take it from here because in division one there are four teams named. Yeah, well I'm I'm a little bit out of out of the loop because I was off work last weekend this week so I didn't, haven't been studying anything too closely but um there's four, there were four teams entered in the under twenty one division one championship. And one of them went through Lockhook there I think it was went through or uh, conceded. Was it is it yes, definitely withdrew? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually I'm not sure. It could, maybe they just conceded the game. But if they withdrew, that leaves three, which would mean that there's more 
senior hurling teams than basically senior under twenty teams, as in Division top, One under twenty teams. And, we're, and you know, if we're honest, people be sniggering at the hurling. But I, I think this is, has to be a bit of a wake-up call for Cavan. Okay, there's 12 teams in Division 2 or whatever. Again, why are teams afraid to play Division 1? I think not Ryder in Division 2, and they were in the they were in the Division 1 minor final two years ago. Who were the four teams in Division 1? Lockouter, Crushalaw, Southern, Southern Gales. Gales. And who's the last of them? It's another amalgamation, I think, anyway. Yeah, we'll check, we'll check that out. Lara... Lara Division 2 and they have a damn good on the 21 team or on the 20s team I think anyway from memory the likes of Owen Cooney and Jack McKenna and Lee and Porrick Riley are all on there's a few county players straight off yeah like they should be on they should be Division 1 what's the harm in going into it if you don't like is it just to win the Division 2 I don't know Um, yeah it, again, it, it comes back to and, and Knockbride. You, you'd imagine while they are a junior club, they're pretty much their entire senior team is on the twenty. So you know, surely they'd benefit from Division One football. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the mentality of 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 teams wanting to get down into lower divisions all the time. You rarely see a senior championship winning team that hasn't got Division One on the edge experience. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a race to the bottom that I can see. Like, and I think it's it's alarming. I, I think that we're bringing through a high quality of footballer with all these amalgamations, but we're bringing through less footballers. There's no doubt. I would say that there's less um, males playing football in Cavan at the moment than there has been in a very long time. There's certainly a lot less than there was twenty years ago, despite a massive rise in population. The stats prove that. We've gone over that several times. Another thing that that's indicative of it, Damien. There's nine teams entered in the St Paul's Ulster Minor Club Tournament. Cavan are the only amalgamation. Every other county in Ulster uh, has has standalone teams winning their minor championship. Do we do we know something they don't? Do you know yeah. why are, why are we doing that? And and other counties seem to have teams strong enough to win it on their own. Like Crush Law won it, but we've had lots of of amalgamations win that in the last off the top of my head in the last ten years in the post Cavan Gales years you could say like we had that Killan Gales won it. Um, yeah. won a minor final didn't they did it yeah. that was Bailey Southern Bird. Gales you had Southern Gales you had O'Reilly Gales you know you had um, that under 17 this year Lock, Lock, um, Oliver Plunkett Oliver Plunkett yeah. you know so yeah. it's bringing it is a tricky one it's bringing through it's bringing through a better quality of footballer but it's less footballer so Division 1 yeah the fourth team was Rammer so it's Rammer v Crushla and Southern Gales v Lockhoekter. That was the, the draw on that. In Division 2, Aerog Celtic, which is Cut Hill and Ramgoon, I think. Balignar in Division 2. Cavan Gales, St. Joseph's. Like there's an amalgamation in Division 2. Lara v Killigarry. Blackwater Gales v Killan Gales. That's two amalgamations. West Cavan Gales v Nave Bridge. Asan, two amalgamations. Two amalgamations. And Asan Gales v Nopride. Again, amalgamation. So. Looking at division, so Cullens aren't in my last hand this year, but Division 3 then, you've got Castrahan against Kingscourt, then against Templeport, Ballyhays against Cullens. I wouldn't run a Division 3 on a 21 championship with six teams. And, and on top of that, sorry, you said Aerog, Celtic, Drum, it's Drumgoon, Coothill, Kill and Drum. There's four teams involved. Well, in I, don't, I don't see St. Fimbers anywhere else there. Yeah, so there must be four teams involved in that. Um, now St. Joseph's must be bringing Drum Lane into it this year again. Must be. Again, three teams in it. Well, I would. I definitely wouldn't run an, a, a division three on the twenty-one championship with six teams in it. I can't see the point of it. What are you, you're trying to be the best of six there, like really. Well, 
and, and, and on top you, of would, that... Pull it this way, Damien. Would you run a county junior or intermediate or senior championship with six teams? And you wouldn't, no. because you'd say, well, that'd be a bit of a joke. Like. Well, would you run it with four? <laughs> she wouldn't run it with six, she wouldn't run it with like, four. Not being smart, credit where it's due. I think the development of playing every team gets three games group stages I think that that's a positive because it'll get more football to those players and I think that that's a that's a big plus to be had but more football to those players is only worth it if if it's football of a standard and I think the two we're, we're swelling up the middle here in 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 this that six teams in junior or in the third tier of the under 20s and four in senior Let's redress that. Let's let's balance that up again. I think it, it's something that has to be done. Yeah, I think that's like what should be done. Really, is there should be a list the, uh, clubs that want to play at the under twenty championship. Send in the list of their panel, Happens. and the county board look at it and say, "He's a county player. He he's a county player. He's a county minor. He's a county senior. He played." Uh, intermediate championship for his team he played an intermediate final he played in whatever there's and a great huge, there's a huge amount of work involved in that in fairness but even even take back in let's say I don't think there's that much I'm involved in a national CCC in handball and we have to grade the national failure we've 75 uh, teams in it you have to go through so there's 5 to a, players to a team you have to go through every individual player on the 75 teams and figure out what they have won and grade them and it's a lot of work, but you you get it done on, on an evening or two, and that's what what volunteer okay. committees are there for. Yeah, well, maybe maybe so, maybe so. I think even take it, take it a step back from that, take in, you know, Orla Riley or Brian Brian Seagruff and and say, okay, well, you know, this is on the twenties competition. What did they do at at minor? What did they do at under sixteen? There's a combination of them. Now the clubs will come back and say, oh, but yeah, but he's not playing, and he's not playing, and he's not playing. Not our fault. Not our fault that they're not playing. We're going. We're grading on what you've done in the past. And if you're amalgamating with somebody else who's done something well, then away you go. But I, and maybe maybe that is what happened. Maybe that's how we've ended up with four, twelve, and six. But I don't know. I don't know. Is three divisions at, at under twenty uh, a great idea? Would would two divisions of of you know eleven teams there be better? That be right? It's it's a problem we have in handball as well. Like. You have to ask the question: What is the purpose of running your competitions? Is it for participation? Is it because you just want to ha- have something to keep lads playing and keep them trained? And if so, run six divisions. Yeah. If if the purpose is to run a good, fair, strong competition, then we don't have the numbers there for for, for three divisions. Unless yeah. it's more even. Like okay, we've tw- twelve and four and six, so we've we've twenty two teams out there. Maybe you could go with with two eights and a and a six. But this thing of four, twelve, and six—it it leaves two very weak competitions. Yeah, I'd imagine so. But anyway, look at—it's it. not going to be solved this year. It's something for Cavan County Board to look at for for twenty nineteen. Uh, moving on, final um, piece of the show: Lavi Ladies done brilliantly to get to the Ulster final. Um, unfortunately, coming up short on on Sunday. Sorry, Saturday afternoon against Trillick. I suppose uh, tip it ahead. Firstly, making an Ulster final is no easy. No easy feat. No, great achievement. And again, we talked about it last week. Um, Cavan have done very well in junior and intermediate uh, club level in, in ladies football in Ulster in the last couple of years. Getting to a lot of finals. Just haven't got over the line yet. But um, great achievement by Lavi. Mm. And there were massive underdogs going into that game. Like Trillick were very strong with a couple of county players. And they pushed them all the way. I lost by two points in the end up. And the player sent off at the yeah, time that the game crucial. was... It was four points all. It was, it was low scoring. 
Yeah. And they Two got points a- apiece at half time. Lavi playing against the wind in the first half. Trillick from accounts go ultra defensive. Um but build a counter attacking game. It's four points apiece with ten minutes to go, and then the sending off seemed to be the the crucial decision. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, didn't hear much about it other than that. Only that you know they went down a player, and that left it difficult. But look at they, could, they should be proud of themselves. They've they've really put in a put in a great representation of themselves and the county at also level. So um, considering where where the Lavi ladies were five years ago when they, when they barely had a team and almost came close to falling yeah. it's it's phenomenal to be to be up there competing with the best intermediate teams in Ulster it is and if you look at the start of the year they'd have they targeted their nine aside their league and the championship they they won all three of them they obviously then as a bonus targeted Ulster got within two points of winning it like so it's a it's a hell of a season for Lavi ladies all all up there deserve huge plaudit yeah I think I think that that ladies football is very much on the rise it's like the men they've sort of hit a bit of a threshold at, at senior level and they're kind of hovering around maybe uh, 10 yeah. 9th 10th 11th in the country need to get into division but, one but it it has a different curve to it that they the, the quality of the underage, the, the All-Ireland winners at underage haven't reached senior yeah. level yet. Yeah, when, like they, when they do, that's going to be very exciting for Cal yeah. because particularly, we'll say, like Loretto's unbelievable successes. Like, and they were, they were, I was at their under-16 final uh, and their under-20 All-Ireland final and they were they were the better team. Like You were with, with me mm-hmm. down in, in yeah. Borough, one of those, and it, that was the under-16 and the under-20, they were even more... They were much the better team. Should have won it yeah. a lot more easily. And uh, they also won the Ulster on the 14, which doesn't go on to All-Ireland level. And plus you had that that on the 14 team who, who won the All-Ireland a few years ago. And this year's county minor team. Were well, they won the under-14 All-Ireland this year. And this year as well, yeah. So yeah. that still has to come. And then you yeah, had this, year, this year's All-Ireland, or this year's minor team who played in the All-Ireland semi-final and lost an extra time. That's right. Who like, won the under-14 or under-16 All-Ireland? Yeah, that was that team. Like, Amazing. So, like that, that they were they were arguably the best team in the country this year. Um, yeah, the Cavan Miners like just didn't get the bit of luck in the in the All Ireland semi final, but like it's very very exciting for Cavan uh, Cavan ladies going forward. Definitely is, definitely is. Um, if you haven't already checked out the Diehards podcast on Patreon dot com, we look back over Casarahan's. Uh, eventful game up in King's Court and, and dissect out we've interviewed with Donald Keoghan and with Ronan Flanagan we'll also, we also broke the news about um, Kevin Down stepping aside as the Cavan on the 20s manager so you can listen back to it um, on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin we're also going to be bringing you an additional podcast this week where we're concentrating on the small ball we're joined by uh, Mark Hayes to look at the the Senior Hurling Championship in Cavan, four teams in it for the first time in a few years, but a very competitive championship, thankfully, this year. So he's going to be giving us the lowdown. And we'll be previewing uh, Crush Law's venture into the All-Ireland semi-final in the Camogie as well. So that'll be on the Patreon podcast later on this week. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavan, was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>